Hey folks, welcome back to the Growing Lean podcast, sponsored by Lean Discovery Group. This is your host, Dylan Burke, also known as Deej. I'm happy to be here today with Rusty Fulling, founder and CEO of Fulling Management and Accounting. Welcome, Rusty. Hey, Deej. Thanks for having me on. It's my absolute pleasure. Um, so, Rusty, you've been in the business for about 23 years now. Um, can you tell me your history and background and what led you to starting the business? Yeah. Yeah. I had uh, grown up with a family of entrepreneurs. My mom cleaned houses and my dad was an electrician. So early on, I could clean toilets and I could dig ditches. And uh, and so that was that was kind of my career path. And uh, I uh, stumbled across accounting when I was in high school and uh, found out that uh, you could actually make a living without doing some of those toilet cleanings and ditch digging and uh, and went down kind of the accounting route. And, and yeah, about 23 years ago, April 1st of 2000, uh, launched out, started fulling management and accounting and really just with the whole emphasis of how can we work a 40 hour work week within the accounting field. And, and so that was somewhat innovative back in the day. And uh, I think some, some folks in that area still struggle with that. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And what has been, what is your overall strategy and like who are your typical clients? Yeah, so we kind of have two two different strategy uh, paths. One is serving our clients. And these are typically small business owners. They're going to be one to 50 employees, typically 1 million to 20 million in revenue per year. They're going to be using QuickBooks. Uh, but our strategy with them is just what we call our three Gs, help them get clarity, grow profits and gain peace of mind. And then with our staff, uh, how we serve them is just uh, through our core values. And that acronym spells out the word GRACE, G-R-A-C-E. And it's growth, represent the client, accountability, champion attitude, and eternal impact. Okay, that's awesome. That's awesome. And while I was doing some research, I watched a video of some reviews from your, your clients. And they all tell us that... It's the small things. You don't just do their accounting. You know more about their business. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that and how that separates you in the market? Yeah, yeah. Before starting uh, fulling management and accounting, I, I actually had spent some time at a CPA firm and it was fascinating to watch business owners. They would get a financial statement at the end of the month. They would look at it and then file it either in their trash can or their filing cabinet. And and there was really no use. They didn't use the financial statements. And so, so when, when we started fulling, I thought, man, we, we have to help them make sense of the numbers and just make sure that they're using those to grow the company. And, and so many times accounting can be so transactional and it's just, here's your numbers, but we really want to move to more relational and, and really having the numbers make an impact boy on the business and ultimately the business owner's uh, life. Yeah, one hundred percent. So you you try to improve their customer lifetime value. A absolutely, customer lifetime value, and in in some in some cases, actually give their life back. Uh, we've had business owners that are talk about working way too many hours and getting stuck in the in the details. And if we can take some of those off their plate and give them more time with their families and investing in things they want to invest in, 
you know, outside the company, man, that that's where the wins come in. I love that. I love that. And since you started in 2000, you said, um, yes. you've obviously been through everything <laughs> up until now. So how, as a business owner and as a person, did you go through, let's say, um, the recession in 2007, 2008, um, and then the pandemic? How, how did those affect you and how did you overcome the great challenge that it brought? Yeah, yeah. Some of that is setting up uh, uh, just having different avenues of revenue and different types of clients. So we diversified our client base in different industries. The other thing that so many businesses um, um, we, we've seen struggle through those times is not preparing for emergencies. And and for us, you know, it's building up some reserves and and. And, you know, just having almost a, a contingency plan, kind of that what if, instead of just going, oh, no, what just happened? You know, what, what happens if, you know, something happens with our company, we lose a client or, or, or you know, who, who plans for a pandemic? Well, we didn't do that. But, uh, but part of that is just planning ahead and, and uh, yeah, again, those reserve building and, and I'd say just staying consistent in our leadership model. Okay, 100%. And is your business remote or do you have an office where your employees come in? Yeah, we, we were uh, kind of that traditional brick and mortar company for a number of years. Uh, back in 2020, when uh, the pandemic was hitting, uh, we sent everybody home and um, what's funny is nobody came back and, and uh, <laughs> we actually grew. We actually grew during that, that season uh, and, and really became a, a full-time virtual company and, uh, around 2020 and and anything is now we have we have team members literally all over the world most of them are in the united states but team members around the world and we also have clients all around the united states now and so not only is our team virtual our clients are virtual as well yeah that's that i think that was the silver lining that came out of yeah that whole scenario um it's it's allowed people to hire outside of their normal hiring radius like anywhere in the world as well as make yes. employees feel comfortable at home. Um, my stepdad actually, he works for Investec, um, which I'm sure you've heard of, a huge accounting firm. And they went remote during COVID and they're trying to tell them to come back now. And he literally told them to F off. He was like, I get all my work done in much quicker time. I don't drive. I'm staying home. I'm not coming back to the office. What's the point? Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that one of the questions we often get is how do you build a healthy culture in a virtual environment? Because that can be, and I think that's where a lot of uh, these companies are saying, hey, come back to the office, come back to the office. You know, the culture is kind of kind of off. And I would say, you know, that it's not that's not the issue with the culture, <laughs> you know. And so we spend so much time uh, on a weekly basis with our team, even though we're we're virtual um, we've had team members say, I know my team much better here than I did in, you know, those workplaces where we had to go in the office just because of the intentionality of our times together online like this. Yeah, hundred percent. I couldn't agree more than that one. And what have been, um, have there been specific tools or tactics that have helped you get to where you are today? Yeah, early on, uh, I was looking for mentors for me uh, as you know to grow as a leader, 
And I was able to get involved with some professional roundtable groups uh, in, in just in person. You're, you're meeting with other business leaders. And man, that was so helpful in my early stages. And so over the years, continuing to uh, participate in those kind of groups. And what's neat is, is, is a lot of those now are in a virtual model. And, and so uh, I think right now I get to participate in three different groups. And again, it could be people from all over the world, again, probably more, most focused in the United States. But uh, in fact, right after this podcast, I'll be joining a group who's based out of Nashville and the members are all around the United States. And so the neat thing about that is you get to learn from different leaders. Uh, you're making those like, know, and trust connections. And and often, you know, not only do you learn a lot, but you make those connections where you begin working together. Yeah, 100%. Um and I know there's there's a bit of a stigma of accounting being boring, right? Um, well, what, what do you say about that? I totally agree. <laughs> oh, you want you want more? You want more? Hey, I, I totally agree. I and, and uh, we may have lost all the accountants on the podcast, but um, accounting by itself, honestly, I, I think is is boring. But if we use the information that accounting generates to grow and to get better and, and to serve others well, man, accounting can really come to life. So it's almost like a map. And if you have somebody that can read that map and take you where you want to go, that's where the date, the information from accounting can really be impactful. hundred um, percent. And how do you keep your mind active all day working with numbers and so many people all the time? Yeah. Yeah, I think using the numbers in in, in a story form um, and and seeing the impact, I think that's where you know if you can take um, a job profitability and and show a business owner, hey, here's where you're losing information, and you see a light bulb come on, it, it just you know make it meaningful for the clients. Years ago, we had a group of doctors we met with every month, and we'd give them like a twenty page report. And their eyes would glaze over every month like, oh, my goodness, this is painful. Well, until they got to page seven and page seven was their bonus page. And they love that page because they wanted to see what they're going to make as a bonus. So what we found out was we're just going to jump to page seven and get the excitement there. And then hit a couple of metrics. You know, let's not go through 20 pages worth of detail. Exactly. Um, that's awesome. And yep. what have been the biggest challenges for you? as a business owner and how have you overcome them? Yeah, I, I just, in fact, I just did a uh, uh, post on this on social media uh, this week uh, talking about burnout. And I get this question from, from other business leaders, man, how do you prevent burnout? Uh, especially you've been doing it for 20 plus years. It's like, oh my goodness, this is getting old. And uh, about year 10, I was coming back from a mission trip to Honduras and, uh, and man, just so impactful. You're helping others and, and seeing lots of, lots of change and impact and come back to what we talked about. Accounting is boring and like, Oh, this is so boring. What am I doing? And, uh, and literally, I literally thought about just selling the business and, and heading out to, uh, do, do missional type work. And I, a friend of mine said, well, maybe, maybe this is your mission field as a business owner. And what if you what if you treated that as you know the mission that you're really called into? And so, just that little bit of affirmation really really uh, changed, I think, the trajectory of our company. In fact, 
if you looked at a, a, a chart, you could see that was kind of the tipping point of, of our company going from a hobby to really a successful business. And, and I mean, I, I implemented things like reading, uh, you know, spend lots of time reading and, and just learning new things, um, investing in other, other roundtable groups, leading some of those groups, um, and, and mentoring, you know, investing, not only mentoring others, but being mentored by others. And so, so, uh, but definitely, uh, you know, finding a mission that gets you out of the bed in the morning. That's the big, I'd say that's the big thing. That's the big challenge. I would say that so many of us have to overcome to go, go forward. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I'm like super ADHD. So yeah. I struggle yeah. to, I struggle with like the smallest tasks. Um, just because my brain just doesn't wrap itself around them. Someone suggested to me the other day that I should try um, these things, Magic Mind. Not sure if you can see that. Yes. Basically, yes. Uh, it's got a little bit of caffeine, um, adaptogens, nootropics. And I just like all these blocks just go away. There's obviously still some, but it's helped me with motivation and just getting shit done. Um, Excellent. So th that's pretty cool. Um, what are the biggest or most relevant KPIs in your business that you use to measure the success? Yeah. Yeah. Some of, some of the, uh, I'll say low, low hanging fruit KPIs would be number of clients, uh, revenue and job profitability. So kind of those, I'll say traditional kind of things that we, we would see in a lot of companies. So that's, that would be where we'd hang our hat on, but I'd say three that we've introduced in the last two, three, four years now, uh, workload, by per team member. So how's everybody doing? Stress level by team member. And then how many raving fan shout outs have we received from clients? Okay, that's that's awesome. I love that. Um, and how, how do you take those surveys with your team? Is it do you just send an email and they respond or? Excellent. Yeah, great question. So uh, what we've done is every every two weeks, we ask our team members, Hey, tell me where your workload is today or this week. Uh, and then where's your stress load? And in that, in those questions, we also ask what's your high for the period and what's your low for the period. And so what that does, it allows us um, to really make sure our team members are growing in a healthy way. And if there's a crisis, we're going to know about that, you know, through those communications, if we are, if we haven't already talked to them and boy, that is so, so important in a virtual world. So, you know, some of the things we learn in, in that, oh man, it's been so powerful. So that that's how we've done it. And uh, yeah, it's worked really well. Okay, that's awesome. And if we were to sit down again in 12 months time and everything that could have gone right has gone right for your business, yeah. which of those metrics would have improved the most? Yeah, I'd say, um, which of those... I'd say two kind of would hit the top of the list. One is balanced workload. Make sure everybody has a nice balanced workload. And then the second one, the one right next to it would be uh, automating the receiving raving fan shout outs from our clients. So want to make sure that we have a process in place that we're constantly capturing, you know, just those attaboy uh, kind of moments. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I think social proof is one of the, one of the strongest um, levers of persuasion in terms of marketing and getting your name out there and client testimonials have worked so well in everything I've ever done. Yes. 
So Absolutely. it's super important. And I think some people even underestimate the power of client testimonials. Yeah, I, um, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. So where do you see the accounting industry heading in the next five years? Obviously with uh, generative AI coming into the mainstream and all this technology available, do you still think humans are going to be at the core of accounting in the next five years? Oh, DJ, I'm going to have to take over your job if if not. So that's going to be a problem. <laughs> so, um, hey, I, yeah, already, you know, we're seeing the automation of what we call low hanging fruit. You know, what, what, uh, what can we automate? You know, we're already using uh, AI tools, you know, the chat GPT, the, the meeting uh, summaries, um, you know, even a little bit of analytics within, you know, within AI. And so what I think what, what we're going to see is there's going to be some that are adopting that for good purposes. And I, I, I do think there'll still be humans involved. And again, going back to that, that relational piece, but I do see the transactional piece getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So I, I, I would say the industry itself, um, you're, we're going to lose a lot of folks, but we're going to gain some just incredible new leaders that can use this new technology and, and again, just you know serve others well with it. Yeah, 100%. Um, and have you had any partnerships or let's say collaborations during your time that have helped you get to where you are? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I was thinking through, uh, man, when you just asked that question, um, uh, you know, for us, I think some of the, um, some of those round tables I'd mentioned earlier, I think has been, um, some of those, uh, just getting to know other, other leaders, um, Mentors, I, I'll go back to the mentors. I, I've had an opportunity to partner with different mentors for different seasons of life, different seasons of leadership. So uh, those have probably been the most impactful partnerships, I would say, uh, in our business business leadership and growth. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I hear it a lot is on the on this podcast is that it's super important to have the right mentors. Um, yeah, and to not be afraid to ask for advice or ask for help. I think that's yeah. super important characteristic. Um, yeah. And before we go, what advice would you like to give to other business owners looking to succeed? Um, firstly in your industry and business owners in general. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've hit some of them. I, uh, a few off the top, I'd say don't do it alone. Sometimes as a leader, it's like, Oh, I've got to, you know, I've got to be the one to, to do everything. Don't do it alone. Find you know partners, people to work with. Seek out mentors. We just talked about that. I, I had a friend challenge me one time and said, "You need to you need to find a mentor for you, and you need to find somebody to mentor to mentor." And so, kind of make sure you're passing that along. So, mentorship. Keep learning. Some of my richest seasons of growth has been taking classes, you know, uh, reading books, and, and just keep learning. Keep learning. And then the last I would probably say is go beyond you is a theme that we use for, for uh, in our business. And what that looks like is if it's all about you and it's all, you know, internal focused, you're going to be a short lived business. And so how can you serve others, clients, your community, you know, others. So go beyond you would be my, my, really my fourth and kind of wrap up with that. Amazing. Um, I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Rusty. And thanks for yeah. your time today and for being on the show. What is the best way for people to reach out to Rusty Fulling if you have any offers for them or if they're looking to follow your story? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely our website would probably be the easiest. It's fullingmgmt.com, so fullingmanagement.com. Um, or I'm on LinkedIn, Rusty Fulling on LinkedIn. So I'd say those two would be the the easiest way to to reach out. And uh, yeah, love to love to connect with others. Uh, yeah, on on some of these business topics. Amazing. Thanks so much, Rusty. Right. Thanks, Deej.